Hello, and welcome to the Dissing My Ability podcast. I am your host, Ken Meeker, certified professional coach and owner of Vitality Career Coaching. I am really happy to have today, um, David Snyder is an amazing individual who I've been trying to get on this show for a little while. Without further ado, I'd like to introduce the audience to David Snyder. Welcome. Why, thank you, Ken. Great to be here. And you make me sound like I'm a man in demand. Well, you come very thank, highly thank recommended. So. <laughs> so people speak well, very, very highly of you. So Thank you so much. Yeah, great, great to be here. I'm looking forward to our conversation. Me too. If you would be able to share just a little bit about yourself, what you do, and how disability affects you on a personal level. Sure. Well, currently, I live in Florida and been down here for, gosh, coming up on 20 years, I guess and um, grew up in Pennsylvania, but I live um, just north of Tampa, Florida on the West Coast. I work for a software company. Technically, I'm a contractor for a software company, and I've uh, been working from home for the last mostly 19, 18, 19 years. Uh, I have three kids, uh, 50, ages 15, 14, and 10, so I'm a dad, 10-year-old, so I'm sick today. Um, I am divorced. I was married for about 17 years. And um, let's see. So uh, that's a little bit on my, my present situation. Um, I have, uh, I'm a quadriplegic as a result of a spinal cord injury. Um, back in 1985, when I was 15, um, I was injured in a water skiing accident. I dove off my water ski and and hit hit the bottom of the lake and uh, so technically it was a diving accident but it's a lot more interesting to say it was a water skiing accident <laughs> so so many people have had uh, diving accidents i but not many have had water skiing accidents like that anyhow so just goofing around and um you know did something i had done many times before in fact have old black and white home movies of my older brothers doing the same thing it was just something we did from time to time. And um, the water was really low that year. Gosh, the memory of it's very vivid. Um, I won't go into all that detail, but my dad who was driving the boat, he flipped me over. I was face down on the water for maybe, I don't know, seems like 10 minutes, but obviously it wasn't or I wouldn't be here. Might've been a minute, a little over a minute. I'm not sure, but, um, a lot of thoughts can go through your head uh, in the span of a minute when you're <laughs> when you can't flip over and you're staring at the bottom of the lake about yeah. two feet in front of you. That sounds ter absolutely terrifying. Uh, but, um, <laughs> sounds terrifying. You know, I I'm wow. I'm, I'm grateful I can remember it. I guess you know because I've reflected on that a lot and learned from that experience. I guess. But anyway, um, I won't go down that rabbit hole too much. But um, I broke um, broke my neck at C5, and long story short, I'm paralyzed from the chest down. So I have uh, some of the muscles in my arms work pretty well. You know, I I can go fishing. I can I can write. You know, I can do certain things, uh, play horseshoes, whatever, as long as it's not too far of a throw. Um, I don't have any hand function, so I, I can't voluntarily wiggle my fingers. Um, or anything like that. I uh, can't voluntarily open and close my hands. 
that said, I've learned how to use my hands. So I've learned how to, you know, basically, uh, if you wedge a pen in my hand, if you will, not really wedge it in, but, uh, you know, hold a pen, I can write, I can type pretty well. Um, I drive, um, and in a nutshell, that's where I'm at. So uh, physically, so I've been, um, you know, using a wheelchair in a wheelchair since I was 15. You know, finished high school, was really involved in high school, went to college, uh, got a degree in education, specifically math, taught for a little bit in the classroom, and I have a great respect, much greater respect for teachers than I did before actually teaching in the classroom. That's a tough gig. Yeah. <laughs> um, it really is. And um, so hats off to all teachers. At least the good ones. Yeah, yeah. And um, and I've been working. I've, I've worked for some uh, centers for independent living, so I've uh, worked with you know, various you know, people with various different disabilities, and um, you know, for about almost the past twenty years, have been working with um, with some software uh, companies, software startup companies. I'm not a programmer, but uh, I do a lot of you know, a lot of different computer type stuff and have done lots of training and support type work. Wow. I could go on and on, but <laughs> nobody wants to hear all the details. If you do well, email me. It's a rich and full life. That's what it's, that's what I'm getting out of it. Yeah. Yeah. I have had a full life, you know, it's had its ups and downs and you know, today's a great day and you know, I have just like everybody else, I have my good days and I have my bad days and it's, yeah. it's easy to be having a good day and sound like I'm on top of the world when I'm recording, you know, being recorded for a podcast that hopefully lots of people are going to hear. <laughs> um, but Hey, I'm not always, you know, I'm not always Mr. Uh, you know, Mr. Chipper. I yeah. have my, have my days just like everyone else. Yeah. So that leads me to a couple questions because there's a few things that you said in there that I really would like to circle sure. back to. Let's go for um, it. The first one is you have uh, experienced disability pre-ADA and post-ADA since mm -hmm. um, your disability was in 1985 and you know that 37 years ago so what would you say has been the biggest change in sort of uh, I guess culture overall that you've how it's progressed over that that time frame like with society how they view disability how you've seen others interact with you how you've kind of seen that progress? Yeah, that's that's a great question. Um, that's a tough question. <laughs> um, I grew up in a real small town. Very little was wheelchair accessible. And even today, well, th things are definitely more accessible. Well, right there. Um, not that I've been to my hometown very often in the past 20 years or so, but you know, there's there's a lot more things accessible there now, and there's a lot of historic buildings that aren't accessible that would be impossible to make accessible. Quite frankly, um, you know, just because these are old, old old buildings, but a lot of the uh, just yeah the stores and stuff are you know are more accessible. So I've definitely seen seen that progress just in my my hometown of Ashland, Pennsylvania. Shout out to Ashland. 
In, I don't know where that is, sadly. <laughs> I'm is, not too familiar with Pennsylvania. So it's, it's, it's north of Harrisburg, about an hour north of Harrisburg. Okay. It's in the heart of the coal region. Okay, that's and, where my aunt uh, lives, so I know where Harrisburg is. Hey, there you go. So, uh, uh, but I do, I love Pennsylvania, but I enjoy the weather in Florida more. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, the mm, pre-ADA and post-ADA, gosh, I was, I, I think a variable that plays in there is my denial of my disability, if you will. Okay. And I, I don't want to sound like I know what I'm talking about uh, from a psychological standpoint, but, you know, I was very much, you know, I went through because, and I see this in a lot of people with spinal cord injuries uh, or who experience, you know, some, some sort of trauma that affects them you know muscularly if you will that hey i'm gonna walk again i i don't i don't want this life i'm gonna walk again and you know people would be come up to me oh i'm praying for you that you're gonna walk again that someday you're gonna jump up out of that wheelchair i know you're going to and oh that would sometimes that would make me angry <laughs> when people would do that and i know though know, people meant it from a loving place with good intent very good intent and um I use I use a power wheelchair now, but I used a manual wheelchair back then. And my friends, hey, if something wasn't accessible, my buddies got me there. Mm -hmm. You know, they they picked me up, and somebody got the chair, and somebody got me, and they got me where we needed to go, even if it was in the middle of a field on the side of a hill on a Friday night. Uh, don't tell my mom and dad. <laughs> <laughs> I promise. I promise. I <laughs> but um, gosh. Um, I'm really not getting to the answer here. Well, it's but, a tough question because, uh, you know, it, yeah. it's a long period of time. And, you know, one of the things that I've noticed, because um, as I mentioned, you know, earlier when we were off the recording, uh, I had a, I have an aunt who she was in a wheelchair my whole life. She's unfortunately passed away now. But, um, you know, I saw how the struggles that she had with uh, access and tried to get around and just, you know, where we lived, uh, I'm originally from New Mexico, there was no public transportation system where she was at. So getting around was virtually impossible. At one point in time, she drove, but it, it didn't mean that uh, stores were accessible or the world wasn't really accessible to her. And something that I noticed is people treated her with pity unnecessarily because she was very capable you know yeah. one thing one easiest way to make her angry was to do something for her that she could do herself and she didn't want she did she wanted compassion but not pity mm -hmm. and uh, i think that that's something that is maybe misunderstood with people you know in society in general where they don't have a disability is sometimes it can feel if you are the person who's receiving it it can feel a little bit um insincere yeah and i also think that we as people with disabilities disabled people whatever term you want to use as a disabled individual i know i have i'm guilty of misinterpreting mm -hmm. and people might have been uh, they were being compassionate and because of my state of mind or where i was in dealing with my disability i interpreted it as mm -hmm. pity but it wasn't uh, meant meant that at all yeah um yeah but you know i definitely definitely don't want to be seen 
as being pitied. And, um, you know, as you were talking there, I, I, I see one of the indirect effects of the ADA, obviously a direct effect is people with disabilities can get more places. I mean, yeah. I've, defi I've definitely seen that, you know, and the, the physical structures are more accessible and, you know, more people are getting out and about. And I, one big, one big thing I've noticed is, you know, so many people now come up to me like, oh, hey, I have a cousin or, oh yeah, you know, my, my friend, or I saw this guy out with this van and, or, or this woman, you know, who had a chair like yours. So, you know, more people are out living life. So, mm -hmm. and more non-disabled people are seeing more people with disabilities. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's just, it's educating people. And man, I, so many people, I also feel want, you know, non-disabled people want to start a conversation. They, they want to learn more, but they don't know what to say. Yeah. And that's another yeah, thing. Yeah. You know, I, that's true. I, I, I feel like I'm not approached sometimes because people don't know what to say and they don't want to say the wrong thing. Yeah. That's oh a good man. Point. You know, that's a really and, good point. You know, I, I want to wear this, <laughs> make a shirt that says, don't be afraid to ask me the wrong thing. Um, yeah, start a conversation. So right. You're so and, right. Man, I didn't know what to say or, and what's, <laughs> what's great is I love kids. Um, some mine get on my nerves sometimes. <laughs> I love them too, but um, I love the experience, the experiences I've had where I'm out in a store or somewhere out in public and a little kid comes up and says, why can't you walk? Mm -hmm. Or why are you in a wheelchair, mister? Mm -hmm. They're and, honest. They're just yeah. honest. Yeah. And, and what's great is if the parents are there, a lot of times they just, ah, you know, they, they'll, I don't want to say reprimand. They, yeah. They'll, they'll, like, yeah. They're like, they'll, Hey, they'll, don't ask that. That's not appropriate. They'll, or yeah. Whatever. They'll react yeah. in horror. And I, and I just say, Oh, wow. You know, I don't mind that at all. I wish more adults would. Yeah. I wish, I wish more adults would come up and say that and, you know, say the blunt things rather than nothing at all. Yeah. And if I can't handle that, if some, you know, let's say, hey, some dude comes up and says, hey, man, why are you, what happened to you? What's your problem? Yeah. <laughs> I've yeah. received that one. And that's a hard one. That's a yeah. hard one to take. Yeah, because um, that's the intent, the, the what's behind, you know, somebody's what's your problem. That is, there's so much underneath that statement right. that it's, you know, that's, that's, that's a very intense microaggression is what i would consider that one but but even but kids so, aren't like that though but kids aren't like that they just oh, no, don't know they don't know and they're just curious and that's why i love kids in the exact same way they're curious and i don't mm -hmm. know why for some reason as you know as the, the, us old people why we try to <laughs> stifle that that curiosity because it's and harmless they're just curious it is, it is. and I've, I've educated so many kids just you know, at the mall, wherever, uh, at the park, uh, because they asked me a blunt question. Mm -hmm. And it led to, if their parents were there, in a lot of cases, it's led to, you know, educating the parents as well, and getting into, you know, 10, 15 minute conversations with the parents, um, maybe even making some friends in some cases, not any that I can think of. But, um, I, you know, even with adults, you know, if somebody comes up to me and says, 
you know, oh, what's wrong with you? If they say it the right way, yeah, you know, I, I can, and depending on the on the scenario, hey, if, if I'm out having a beer somewhere, and you know, somebody comes up and says, oh, hey, what's wrong with you? And I I know, oh, they're, I know what they're asking, and I may prefer that they would ask it a different way, yeah, and I might not always handle it as well as I would handle it right now. But um, bottom line is, I man, I wish, I, I wish people knew what to say. Or yeah, I wish yeah. people knew that really, there's nothing wrong for you to say, and if I don't like you asking me, that's kind of more my problem. Thank you yours. for saying that. Thank you for saying that because that's what I tell people is you could ask me, and you know they tell me, can I ask you a question? And I'm like, of course you can. You can ask me anything you want. Right. It's up to yeah. me whether I answer. But don't deny yourself that opportunity to ask the question. How you ask it absolutely matters. But, right. you know, intent is always important. But I also see it, you know, because I don't drive. Uh, I shouldn't be driving. But I get asked all the time by rideshare drivers. I tell them, well, I'm glad you're driving and not me. And it just leads to a conversation. <laughs> it's always yeah. an opportunity to educate. Always. And half the time it's, oh, I'm sorry. And I'm like, don't be. Don't be sorry. I get around just fine. Plus, you know, I help keep you employed, right? You know, things like that. But it always I, I view every person that I encounter as an opportunity to just engage in a conversation that's constructive to where they don't. The last thing I want is somebody else to view my disability as a limiting condition in terms of that. I can't do something. Of course, there's things I can't do, but that's true for everybody, regardless of disability exactly. or not. Exactly. And so, like you said, I just wish people would have that. They wouldn't be afraid to ask. <laughs> yeah yeah and you know we're we're early on we learn to not ask questions you know yeah. how many times was i sitting in class and i had the right answer but i was afraid i was going to be made fun of if i was wrong yes or, yes and you know we yeah i think we learn don't ask questions and um I don't so know, we maybe, stop. Maybe I'm yeah, going no, too I think deep. You're right. right. I think you're totally. No, I don't think you're right. I think you're right. You hit the nail right on the head there. Uh, you know, we get we're afraid of answering the question wrong. You know, in school and whatnot mm -hmm. because of all of the you know ramifications of that. And then you know, plus there's you know a lot of adults. I've always asked, like to ask you know why. I think why is generally one of the most important questions. You know. Oh yeah. And I like it when kids do the same thing to me. I, I I don't want to stifle their curiosity. If I can't answer the question, I, I can't answer it. But if I can, why wouldn't I? I don't try to stop anybody else from doing it. It's just I think kids, like you said, are much more inclined to ask. Like if I'm using my cane or any sort of mobility device, they think it's cool. They want to know what's going on. They want to right. they like they love it. Oh, um, kids love my chair, you know, and let alone how I drive. <laughs> wow, that's cool. Mommy, I want one of those. Exactly. And, you know. And that's a, how great is it that a kid can see some, you know, uh, you know, some piece of technology or or something that enables somebody with a disability to to have access as cool. That's we need more mm -hmm. of that. That's that's mm -hmm. how that's what we should want the world to yeah. be like instead of trying to stifle that in other people. And you know, a minute or two or even 15 seconds however short however long of time that i spend with a with a kid or an adult for that matter answering their questions you don't know 
how much impact that that little bit can yeah, have. Absolutely. And you know, twenty years down the road, that you know that little kid that I you know explained something to, uh, you know, who knows? They might remember that or uh, remember the conversation and give them an idea about um, you know how to solve a problem or yeah. you know when they're a lawmaker or a business owner or just somebody living in the world you know they've learned something from me that may they may apply somewhere else yeah they'll think and, about you and oh, wait hey i remember that guy and yeah. he was in a wheelchair and how, how would he get how would he get into this room or whatever you know that kind of thing it's 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 always an opportunity to create greater access and awareness and all that kind of stuff so why not have those conversations and and even um you know if if they would become disabled themselves yeah yeah and it, you know it could help there and i know heck i remember people uh, or or people that i may have seen on tv um even back in the 70s or or early 80s you know who had some sort of disability that um you know, I can think back how that formed my, or may have helped me in my um, adjusting to mm -hmm. life with a disability. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because, you know, because you both you and I, we have acquired disabilities, mine mm -hmm. more recent, of course. Um, but that adjustment period, you know, because you were still a teenager at the time, how did you, how did you, I guess, address it? How did you... Uh, move because I don't think we don't get over it, but we yeah. move through it. And that concludes this first part of the conversation I had with David Snyder here on the Dissing My Ability podcast. I hope you will tune in next week where we will conclude this two part conversation with the excellent David Snyder. I am your host, Ken Meeker. This is the Dissing My Ability podcast. Please subscribe, like, and share, and hope you will tune in next week for the rest of this awesome conversation.